0: I'm going to preach to you just a little while okay Amen. Amen. teach you a little thing thank you all so much for helping me back there and Amen. got a lot of scriptures we're going to put up just to I like to use other translations you know so I can show you quickly and, Amen. and just jot them down quick you need, you need this today don't don't go out of here without notes right. Amen. your mother made you take notes in school <laughs> and you teach if, if well if you teachered it and your mama did you know right. because that 's important to you. you go back and Amen. you learn those things and go over them always jot down things and the Holy spirit if you got an ink pen ready. Holy Spirit will tell you things yeah. that you don't hear me say. Yeah.
1: Amen. That's, That's right. right. Amen.
0: And if you're just like, you know, other 7 billion people on this planet, you'll forget it the time you get to the yeah. car or the yeah. truck if you don't write down some yeah. things. Yeah. That's right. And, and, you know, God can say something to you so powerful you'll think, I'll never forget this. I mean, the longest day I live, I'll yeah. never forget this. Yeah. And, 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 and that day was just too long itself. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Amen. It was good, though, and I was encouraged. Well, you write down things. Take advantage of the fact that they make ink pens nowadays. Amen. Paper. Yeah. Amen. When I met Susan, she'd come to visit me, you know, back when we first met. And she jumped in love with me. And uh, we didn't fall, we jumped. And uh, she'd come in, she'd have, she was a nurse, you know. She'd come in, she'd have people's blood pressure written on her hand. She said, that's what nurses do. They just write it on their hands. Well, thank God for sticky, well, no, i take back sticky notes. Susan, we, we had to put Susan on probation from sticky notes. She just, Susan had have 500 sticky notes on her desk. I'm not exaggerating. I mean used. Every one of them got something written on it, just stuck across their desk. I said, Susan, wouldn't it be something they ought to, I said, somebody ought to invent a little hand gadget that would just record stuff for you instead of (laughs) having to do all that. Call it an iPhone or something. (laughs) Electronic sticky note. That's what they call it. So we took sticky notes away from Susan. Write on something, you know, if you have to write on somebody, maybe somebody in front of you got a white shirt, write on them, do something. Of course, you'll have to get them to go home with you, you know, so you can read it. Write this down. I want everybody to write this down. You ready? Just everybody. Looks like Pastor James is the only one going to have fun today. (laughs)
1: We're all having fun. Amen. Amen.
0: (laughs) Got a lot to share with you today. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter. It's one of the scriptures we've been looking at now for the last few Sundays. Possessing tough faith in a tough world, or for a tough world, maybe better better would say it. Possessing tough faith. A tough world. This is part three today. Amen. Today I'm gonna to talk to you about going forward to a victory. Amen. You know, those those lepers in the book of Kings, they were dying with leprosy. It was incurable, nothing could be done. Four of them sitting out there, dying with leprosy. They were outside the gate because they had to be, couldn't come in. And then the armies, the enemy, the alien armies, came and seized them, you know, and they were their city was surrounded. So cut off from food and water and now there's a famine going on inside the city. People got to the point they were eating doves, dung, birds dung we'll call it, birds dung and they're eating donkey heads and, and for long they're boiling one another's children and eating. Whose child we're going to eat today? Your neighbor's doing that kind of thing. You know, it was just horrible. And uh, they're sitting out there and they thought well you know everybody's dying inside. We're dying out here with leprosy. We're dying in there and the enemy's out there and they've got enough food for all of us and look if we go down there to get some food they might give us some. And if they don't, if they kill us, we're dying anyway. You know, it's kind of like dying here, dying there, die. you know. So let's at least, and then they said this. They said, why sit we here till we die? I mean, if we're going to die here anyway, you know, die if we do, die if we don't. So why don't we just at least die trying something? Write that down. I'm not going to take you back to that script, but write that down. Is why sit we here till we die? Why sit I here another year? In the same shape I'm in this year. Come on. Right. Well you just have to strike that you gotta have strong faith, you know, you just can't be weak faith. You know why I said so much the last two weeks about don't be weak faith? Is because weak faith people don't survive. Right. You don't survive with weak faith. You don't make it. You don't when I say survive, that may not be the best word. But, I mean, you don't excel with weak faith.
1: Right. You,
0: might, you might keep a job with weak faith, but you don't move into making some real money. Wow. I, I told somebody the other day, I, I said, you know, don't, don't just sit there working for pennies for somebody. If you're going to work in the secular world, then find out what God wants you to do and move up yeah, in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can get an not, not education isn't for everybody and everything. I understand that. But I'm just saying in some cases, get an education. Yeah. Yeah. There's jobs that people, I'm telling you, there's some, I'm not telling you what to dream about. You gotta decide that, but there's some jobs that if a person wanted to do, you won't be hired without a degree. Yeah, yeah. Now there's other yeah. things you can start your own business, do what you want to do, but there's certain things you can't do without a degree. Right. So if you if you got a dream that requires one, then why sit you there until you die?
1: Why, yeah. right. exactly. Exactly. exactly.
0: You know, maybe, maybe you know, you sit yeah. there and so, say, you know, I always wanted to be a brain surgeon. I'm thinking of Jethro Bandy. Yeah. You
1: know. I was always
0: wanted to be a brain surgeon and and maybe one of these days they just won't require an education or training for that. Wow. Well, don't ask me to practice with you. No, no. Yeah, I mean, some things require some training.
1: Yeah.
0: Why sit you there until you die? Yeah. Somebody yeah. said back years ago, they were talking about wanting to be a doctor. I don't know what kind of doctor, but in medical, you know, somehow in the medicine field. And, and they said, you know, I got thinking about it. I wanted to, but, but you know, Brother James, that'd be eight years and then two years of or whatever it was, but it was about 10 years. They said, it'll be 10 years. Do you know how old I'll be in 10 years if I went 10 years to school? I said, well, how old will you be 10 years from now if you don't go to school?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: oh, same age. I said, yeah, no degree. Yeah. Said, not that you've got to have a degree. How I many understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, right. if that's your pursuit, that's right. then just get started. Amen.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Do what it takes to get there. Yeah. Amen. Uh, same way with your physical health. You know, I, I don't, you just have to do something. Right. Reggie, you know, had, what was that been, Brother Reggie? Stroke three years ago. When was that stroke? Three years ago? Four years ago?
1: Fourteen.
0: Oh, good. In 2014. Uh-huh. All right. You go way back there. Brother Reggie was coming over here working like a young man, yeah. rolling around on the floor. Yeah. If he needed help, pulling us down in the floor, yeah. holding up that wall. But he said to me yesterday, "You don't mind me saying this, to you, He said, "You know." He said, "Brother Reggie, it just made me feel good to see what the Lord." I don't remember the words he used, but that look what look what God let me yeah. do the last two days.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, that's,
0: that's better than just sitting there trying to press a remote, do something what shape are you going to be in if we don't stretch out and do a little bit see what are you going to be if you don't fight against the sickness or the disease or the weakness that tries to take over your body move against it a little bit you know do something I mean if the devil I mean I know this is going to sound negative too but some of you understand what I'm saying but if the devil could kill you today and if he could he would I guarantee you that if the devil could take you out if this would be your last day on the earth don't make it easy for him if the devil says I'm going to kill you today he said you better bring a lunch because it ain't going to be before breakfast. You know? you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I heard somebody, I believe it was Brother Copeland back 40 years ago, 35 years ago. He said, if the devil's going to make you go down the drain, he said, stretch out your arms and make it hard to go down. <laughs> but I mean, think about that. I mean, don't, don't just be, oh, the devil's pushed me down. Here I go. Let me make it easy for you. Here, let me dive down the drain. Don't do that. Fight against him. There's, there's no such thing as a weak Christian that can survive. Now, it'd be true if there wasn't a devil, but there is a devil, and he's got plenty of demons to help him. And he's against you. Jesus said he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. You're not excluded from that verse. Amen. He's after you. Well, of course, that's just in half of the verse, Gary. You know the other half is Jesus said he came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But you and I have to do something about it. I know I said this last Sunday. I'm going to quote it again because I, I just look at you and you can tell you need it. <laughs> But I'm quoting Brother Hagin. He said, don't think that the things of God, the blessings or the manifestations yes. of God are going to fall on you like right. ripe right. cherries right. off, right. off right. of a tree. That's
1: right, right. amen, right. 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 amen, that's right,
0: amen. Here comes another blessing. Here comes Elijah sitting there and nothing, you know, and not, no, you've got a pushy faith out there for it. Right. and be strong in the area of faith. Well, we've got areas to cover today. Most people just sit around, and never change for the better. Right. So we're talking about being strong and toughening up in our faith. Then a little strong. I'm going to give you scriptures on it today. Tough. I got 5 points that's going to this some of you are going to like it because it's going to give you something Amen. to get busy Christ with. God. But as I said, no place for weak Christians who won't stay optimistic Amen. about God's promises. You got to stay optimistic because Christians that are weak just will not survive or they if you want to put will not excel. Right. And as we studied last week, weak people get eaten by the lion. And that's why I wanted to take you back to this Amen. verse in Peter. How many of you glad to be here today? Amen. I got I got to preach Amen. quick. 1 Peter chapter 5. Look at this. You know, we spent some time on this 8th verse. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, yes. walks about seeking whom he may what? Devour. 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 That word devour means to eat. Most translations use the word eat, but it literally means more than just eat, but it means to eat and lick up the, what remains. You know, just consume, totally consume. Leaving no proof that your life was ever here. The devil would absolutely love to treat you in such a way and affect you in such a way that you get to the end of your life and there'd be no proof you was ever here. In other words, no legacy to leave behind.
1: Wow. That's the truth.
0: I mean, every one of us have equal opportunity to leave something on this planet that that's they say, you know, look what mama did for God, grandmama did, yeah. and generations yeah. to come, yeah. look what they did for yeah. God. Yeah. It's not all just writing a book or or, or, doing, or building an edifice of some sort, but it's just doing something yes. that made a difference that impacts or... Yeah. I like to use that word legacy because I mean it stays even after you're gone. Right. Yes. Everybody Amen. can do that. Amen. Bill Winston said one time, he said that really, if they type your name into Google, your name ought to, you, you ought to come up first in the search good. just for Amen. what you've done. That's good. And we're not talking about on the post office wall picture either, you know. Not the, not the 10 most wanted. You know. A little. Uh, a little school class I think it was first graders they got to go down they said to the police department take a tour you know and they were taken there and said the big sergeant was showing around and had all the pictures of the most wanted and he said these here boys and girls are the pictures of the ten most wanted in the United States of America and one little boy first grader raised his hand and said well why didn't you just keep him when you, had, took, when you took his picture why didn't you just keep him
1: <laughs> that's
0: I imagine that gave that man something to think about, you know. Why didn't we just keep him? We had him right there. <laughs> That's funny to me. Look at this scripture. Eighth again. Be sober, be vigilant. That just means be on your toes. Don't be lazy. No room for lazy Christians. Be be on your toes or aware of this, on guard, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion. Seeking whom or looking for whom. Look at, i circle that word seeking if you had not already circled that. That seeking stands out to me every time I read it. Seeking whom he made of ours. That means he can't just destroy everybody. That's but right. he looks for the weak one. We talked Ooh, about that last yes, week. Yes. And then in the ninth verse, it says, and resist him steadfast in the faith. Whom yes. resists? That's talking about the devil. Yes. In the New Living Bible, it says, stand against him. Be strong in your faith. Yes. Amen. Be strong. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Toughening up our faith a little bit. Be strong. It's the Living Bible. Look, look at this one. And just This is the eighth verse. It says, be careful. Watch out for attacks from Satan. Mm. Maybe you can put this into your battle plan. See? Yeah. Amen. It says, watch out for attacks from Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry roaring lion looking for some victim to tear apart. Wow. That's what he's doing all the time. Don't you ever think he don't take Sundays off. He doesn't take Thursdays or Fridays off. He don't take... Trips to the, you know, the vacation spot of the world off. I mean, you got to keep your faith up even on vacation, because he's always looking for an opportunity to get into your life. And then again, here's another one, amplified classic. It says, "What's the first two words?" Withstanding. See, withstanding. Stand up to him. Yes. That, that's we talked. Remember last week I told you about David, the bully in my neighborhood, that one in my backyard, and Ronald. <laughs> Yeah. Think about it. You've got to stand up to a bully. Yeah, yeah. Withstanding, be firm in faith against his onsets, rooted and established, strong, immovable, and be determined. Yes. Yes. Amen. You've got to be determined yeah. to win. Well, yeah. what do you mean, brother? What are you actually saying? To you? I'm just saying if you want to raise, you've got to believe God and be determined That's that it's right. coming Amen. to you. God knows how to get money to you. Yes, he does. Amen. We've had we've had many testimonies in this church where Raises weren't even supposed to come. Increases weren't even supposed to be there. Amen. But because faith was there, Amen. increase came anyway. Amen. That's what I want to talk to you about today is when things just don't even seem possible. One translation in Romans, I'll read to you. I don't know if I have time to read it to you this morning. But, but it says when it just wasn't possible to happen, Abraham believed for it to happen. Yes. When there's just, one, one translation said when there's no way in the world it could happen. Forget wow. it. No way in the world it could happen. Abraham just kept his faith up there.
1: Amen. And that's what I'm
0: talking to you about. Yes. Just be strong. Don't be talked out of your, your faith projects so much. That's right. Amen. Well, I guess that knee's just not going to get better. Oh, yeah, it's going to get better. Stay optimistic about it. You've yes. got God's promise on Amen. it. Amen. Yeah, but Brother James, it seems like it's growing worse. But you've got God's promise on Amen. it. Amen. Yeah, but the doctor and the MRI said, yeah, but what about what God said? What are you going to Amen. do with that? Amen. You've got to do something with what God said about it. And don't just sit there until you die. So, amplified to so withstand him and be determined and movable and determined. Yes. Look one more. Look at the Passion Translation. God. I like this. It says, take a decisive stand against yes. the devil. Amen. A decisive stand and resist him in every attack with strong, vigorous faith.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: I like that. Strong, vigorous, strong, yes. vigorous faith. Yes. Amen. Truth is that it's Jesus' faith in the first place that's inside of you. Amen. Amen. You've already got it deposited inside of you when you got born again. It's his faith in there. Your faith can do anything that Jesus' faith can do because it's Jesus' faith. If you develop your faith. You've got to develop yourself to use it. That's a big deal. and That's what we're talking about. You've got to do it. But it's already deposited. It's, it'll produce every time that it's put to work. Every time. But it has to be developed to use it. It's because Jesus' faith is always a real strong overcoming faith. And that's what's inside of you. And so I'm, I'm saying, if we've got that in us, why sit we here when it could be working for that's us? Right. Amen. And that's why the Holy Spirit had me say it. Well, to go back, give him something to work with. Amen. You said, "But Lord James, I just feel like I'm losing in this area." Well, just give God a little bit of something to work with. Yeah. Amen. A little amen. light under the edge of the door, as we say, under the, under the crack amen. of the door. That's right. Just give him one confession of faith. Amen. Muster up some strength to do it. Amen. It's already in you. Or well, James, I just ain't strong like that. Yes, you are. Yes. You yes. just don't know it.
1: Yes. Amen. <laughs>
0: Jesus yes. is in you.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You're not alone. Amen.
1: That's right. Amen. Well, I
0: just don't have faith like that. Yes, you do. Yeah. Your faith is no different than Smith Wigglesworth's faith. Yeah. The only thing different is Smith Wigglesworth used it.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: Now, you need that in you. That's, that's just the, the, that's the bare right. facts. Amen. You just need to get that straight and get it out of the way. To start with, get it clear that real strength is in you, whether you know it or not. Amen. Wow. You have within you, somebody ought to write this down. You have within you right now all the strength you'll ever need to handle anything that you'll ever have to face. Amen. Ever have to face. Yeah. You have within you the strength that you already need, that you'll ever need to handle anything that you'll ever have to face. Whatever you're facing now, what maybe be? I guess this is what keeps coming into my mind, is what you've been facing for years. Why not just get that off of you? You need to hear yourself say, you need to hear yourself say that Jesus in you is bigger than the problem you've been facing.
1: You know, I mean, I don't
0: know what you're facing, all of you. I know some of you things, but, but I mean, you need to, if you're battling leukemia, and they say that's a very painful and horrible thing. What's that, a fibromyalgia? April yeah, got healed of that. Yeah, yeah. Had all the symptoms. And was you diagnosed with that, doctor? Said. That in Lyme d- d- disease. They say that's one of the most painful things. ever. nerve ending in your body at times can just hurt. Uh-huh. I, know, I know young people. When I say young, I mean people, ladies in their 40s and 50s that um, were working a job they enjoyed working. And then you wouldn't see them anymore. What happened? Well, where'd they, go? well they couldn't work anymore. They had fibromyalgia or they had Lyme's disease or something like that. And so it's just too painful to keep doing what they enjoy doing. Yeah. You need to hear yourself say it and give this to Jesus to work with. Jesus is Lord over leukemia. Yes. Yes. Jesus is bigger than fibromyalgia. Yes. Jesus is bigger than Lyme's disease. Yes. Jesus is bigger than heart problems. Jesus is bigger than a, than a bad valve in my heart. Or, yes. Jesus yes. is bigger than a clogged artery. He's bigger than a, a, a broke leg or a, or a Amen. torn leg. Amen.
1: Amen. Glory
0: to God. Whatever it may be. As I said, Avril was completely healed of that. Yeah. Got healed Amen. on a Sunday morning. Amen. One of those, a couple of years ago, we had that prayer tunnel. You remember that? Fire, what did we call that? Fire tunnel, we called it? Oh, she was laying hands on people. Yeah. And the power of God just came on her and just healed her. Something's gone. Amen. But you need to hear that. You just got to give him something to work with. Amen. A little effort Amen. on your faith. That's right. Spend a little time in the scriptures. Yes. I just don't yes, know why yes. I can't get my breakthrough. But I just don't know why I can't get it. Come on. Oh, there's a good show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just don't know why I can't get it. You've got to break out of that.
1: Yes. That's right. Amen.
0: Amen. No, Amen. no newscaster can get you healed.
1: Right. Yeah, really.
0: Jack Bauer can't get you healed.
1: Right.
0: You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Two of you got that. Uh. There ain't no TV star that can get yeah. you healed. Amen. But Jesus can keep you healed. But you've got you to gotta have strong faith. Yes, you've got to have strong faith. Yes. All right. I've got a lot of scripture to look at. So just get it real cl- clear. You've got that strength already in you. He's already in you. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you what Paul said. A couple of words I want you to underline. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Is that where I want you? I think it is. Yeah. You remember this story where the apostle Paul was talking about himself being caught up into heaven and, he got revelations from God up there that were just so strong, the world just couldn't handle them. See things in heaven that earth isn't ready for. That doesn't mean he couldn't ever utter them. You know, he said unlawful to utter. Just wasn't time for it. He saw things way ahead of its time. Maybe things that God's telling the church today are things that Paul saw even back then. But he said this, he said, because of those revelations that, who has who given him the revelations? Help me just a minute. God was giving him revelations. Amen. Now, why did God give him revelations? Why does God give you a revelation? Well, let's ask this question What does a revelation do for you? It reveals things. All right, when, it, when you get a revelation, it reveals to you. How does, that, how does that do you spiritually? It exalts you, doesn't it? In other words, so, so let's don't accuse God of anything wrong in this. Most preachers do. God gave revelation to Paul designed to exalt him into new levels. Okay. Right. Remember that now when I read this, because most people have had so much bad teaching on this passage right here. He said, verse 7, because of time. Look at verse 7, chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. That's what the revelations were designed to do. To, to bless him beyond measure. Who's afraid of that? Come on, this is an interaction moment. I'm asking you some questions. Who's afraid of us being exalted the to devil. where the... Now think the about it. I'm, I'm using words to make this clear. Who, who's afraid of us being exalted to where the revelations will take us? Oh, wow.
1: It's the devil. Yeah. It right. stop everything.
0: Amen. It's the devil. It's the, devil. Yeah. the devil's the one afraid of the revelation putting us yes. where it's designed to take us.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: See, a lot of people say, well, God didn't want Paul getting above measure. Oh, wait a minute. No. God wants you blown out of the water on measure. Amen. The devil's the one afraid of it. And so look how the devil counterattacked. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Well, you ever heard a sermon on the thorn in the flesh? Wow. Did you ever hear that God gave it to him? I heard that preached lots of times. No, look. It tells you in the next phrase who gave it to him, where it came from. There was given me a thorn in the flesh... The messenger of Satan. April said she never heard that preach. Well, no, she you grew up in this pastor. church. So she's always had a good pastor how many of you, uh-huh. tell Avril, how many of y'all have ever heard people preach that God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh? Yes. The, the term thorn in the flesh, and I know a lot of you, this is old stuff to a lot of you, the term thorn in the flesh is used twice more in Scripture, two times in the Old Testament. Each time it's talking about people or personalities. For example, and this is what you see in the Old Testament, God said, when you come to the promised land, get rid of every one of them. If you leave any survivors, they'll become thorns in your flesh. Those people will... Thorn in the flesh. You kind of know what that means. Who was it? Samuel had a splinter yesterday from working, and that's like a thorn in the flesh. Jack, I like to say it like this, a cocklebur burr under the saddle. <laughs> That'll make a horse upset. Well, that's where, that's where a lot of... Uh, people are because the devil's done something against us but it's the devil doing it not God that's what I want you to say right, right. mm-hmm. he said lest I be exalted above measure there was given me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan sent to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure three times I went to the Lord and asked him to get this devil to depart from me you see that yes. verse 9 and the Lord said oh here's what most people preach the Lord said no <laughs> You ever heard that? The Living Bible has that in there. It's a paraphrase. I don't like that. It doesn't say no. You won't find anywhere in that verse that God said no. What I want you to see is what God's answer was. Paul's got a devil that's bothering the fire out of him. If you go read the book of Acts, you'll see that devil. Dogged his tracks everywhere he went. Turned people against his ministry, even to the point of having him stoned. He said, having been shipwrecked so many times, treading water for night and a day in the deep. In peril of sword and so on. He said, Everywhere I go, people are against me and trying to get, who's turning against the devil that was against him. Yeah. But he said, I went to the Lord and said three times, I said, Lord, get this devil off of me. And he said, Each time, the same answer came <laughs> from the Lord. Verse 9, the Lord said, Notice no's not in there. That's what I want you to say. Right. He didn't, the Lord didn't say no. The Lord said, Paul, my grace yes. is sufficient yes. for you to get the devil out yourself. Yes. For my strength, whose strength? God's strength, yes. the Lord's strength. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yes,
1: amen. Yes.
0: amen. Wow. No, God didn't say no. What God was trying to do was to do what I'm trying to share with you today yeah. is to alert him to the fact that Paul, what you got in you is enough already yes. to get the devil wow. on the run. That's,
1: yeah. That's good. Amen. Let's go.
0: See, Paul was asked. Let's say it like this: Paul was asking Jesus to get something demons off of his ministry, not out of him, he wasn't possessed with him, but get these devils off of him. When Jesus was saying, Paul, what I've already given you is more than enough. It's very sufficient. See, if I needed a, a load hauled, a dirt, we'll say, and I had a pickup truck and it wasn't enough for it, and uh, Joel had a dump truck and he said, Brother James, use my dump truck. And it's just a, let's just say it's just a, a less than a dump truck load. And Brother Reggie's always got a big truck, you know, I don't know what you call those big old coal trucks, big, big ones. Bigger than the dump trucks, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I say, Brother Reggie, you know, I've got to haul that uh, four yards of dirt. You know, not very much, you know, nothing in that dump truck. More, maybe more than my pickup truck, but not, not too much for the dump truck. Yeah. And I've got Joel's dump truck, and I say, Reggie, I need that big long tandem truck you got. I need that big thing. I've got to haul four yards of dirt. And Brother Reggie, you know, I mean, Brother James, you're welcome to use my truck, but what you've got is sufficient. Yeah. yeah. You know, the dump yeah. truck's more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what God was trying to say. Paul, Paul, my strength in you yes. is what it takes to cast out this devil yeah. or cast off this yeah. devil or stop him from yeah. working yeah. against you.
1: Wow, Amen. God.
0: And Paul said, whoa, when I got that revelation, look what he said, next verse. You ready? Is this helping you? Now again, look what the Lord said to him. My grace is sufficient for you, in verse nine. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul said, now, therefore, I'm gonna glory in my infirmities, not... not be satisfied with them. That's not what he said. He said, I'm going to glory in them. Does anybody know what the word glory means? Yeah, to win against them. It's everything but the agony of defeat. Yeah. This is total victory. Uh, even in, this, in the Olympics, we use that word glory sometimes. Look at, look at the glorious champion, or look how they gloried against the, this team. See, It means victory. So let's read it that way. Paul said, now that I realize what I've got in me is sufficient... This is when he was getting the revelation that Christ was in him. Right. He said, most gladly, I'm going to glory. I'm going to win and be victorious over my yes. infirmities right. yes. so that the power of Christ can rest on me. Therefore, he said, I take pleasure in infirmities and in yes. reproaches, in necessities. In other words, devil, bring it on. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Devil, you better fire your best shot. Yes. Come on. Amen. Watch the last part. Because I rather glory. Let's see, verse 10. I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. What does he mean? That sounds a little paradoxical. What does he mean by that? He means, look, I was running around, the devil aggravating me and just hindering my ministry, and I went to God, Lord, please get this devil off of me. God said, my grace is sufficient. Paul said first time, what does that mean? And he said, Lord, again, Lord, please get this devil off my ministry, and the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. And he said, I don't know what that means, but the third time I got the revelation. Oh, you mean what I got in me is a big enough gun to get this devil off of me. I don't need you to shoot him. You gave me the gun. Amen. I'm holding the gun. Oh, bring it on, devil. Bring your biggest shot, devil. Come on, bring your biggest shot. Because even though I'm weak, he's strong in me. I'm not operating on my strength or weakness. I'm operating on his strength. When you get that revelation, then it'll make sense to you. Why sit in the same position until you die? Right. You've got something in you that'll change your life and change your world. Amen. Praise God, that's exciting to me. Isn't that good? you got what it takes, the strength in you. Of course, you've got to remember, look on the screen. you got to remember scriptures like Philippians 4.13. Paul said later, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at it in the easy to read version. He says, Christ is the one who gives me the strength. That's why he didn't know that the first two times he asked the Lord that. He said, but now I understand it, Christ is the one who gives me strength. I need uh, that I need to do whatever yes. Amen. I must do. Amen. Whatever goal I must accomplish, whatever ministry I must get done, whatever financial level I need to move up to, whatever health wow. I need to take.
1: Wow. Amen. Amen. It's good. It's good. Amen. Very true.
0: Yeah. Whatever strength I need comes from him who gave it to me. Amen. Amen. So it's not looking at you, you so well I'm just too weak. Now, Don't even look, don't even now don't even give an analysis of yourself. Let me see if I'm strong enough to win this thing. Let me see if I'm young enough to get this degree. That has nothing to do with your age. right. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Nothing to do with it.
1: That's
0: right. Amen. Amen. I had a lady tell me yesterday, she's 87, a widow for about seven years since she was 80. And she told me, said somebody asked her the other day, said said to her, said, men hit on you? She's 87. Does men hit on you? She said, no, I'm 87. Men do not hit on me. They're looking for girls. Well, let me tell you something. This woman at 87 could be hit on. She's a beautiful woman. Strong and, and, and you know, strength. And, and she just don't know it. She's just not looking for one. That's what it is. She's, she's happy where she's at. But the idea, and I'm not saying she needs one. I'm just saying, you know, she did want to say this. She said, i tell you one thing. She was talking about a friend of ours. She said, you know, said, that second marriage, you better be real sure on that. She said, well, now you need to be sure on that first one. But she said that second, we was talking about a friend that went through a second marriage that just wasn't the right thing for that woman. Yeah, yeah. And she said, you know, that second one's even, even got to think more about it, you know. Yeah. I don't know why I'm telling all y'all that. <laughs> but the point is, I'm just saying age doesn't have anything to do with it. Age doesn't have anything to do with it. Amen. Why I sit, we well, I just keep saying, I wasn't even in my plan today to tell you that scripture, but why I sit here till do we don't. Why sit I here in 2019, where I was in 2018, and go through it in 28, 2020? <laughs> Why go another year in the same place I'm in on the same level I'm on? Right. Yeah. Break yeah. out of it. Wow. Yeah. What category are you talking about? Ooh. I'm talking about every category. Health-wise, money-wise, joy-wise. Because mm. you've got in, in you what it takes. Amen. So Paul said, I can do everything that I need to do. He's given me his strength. But you've got to become strong, tough in that inner faith. Use, in other words, use what God's got and get you there. Okay, now my time's about gone, so i got to give you five things real quick. I'm going to give you these five things, and I'm going to just teach real quick on them, okay? But I'm going to give them to you first. This is five things you can do, five factors that will help you to, as I said in the title this morning, what I was starting out with, is to uh, go forward to a victory. And you can jot them down real quick, but leave spaces between them, because I want to give you some stuff on them right quick, all right? Number one, become fed up with what is going on in your life right now. Be through with it. It's just the level I'm on. I'm not talking about your wife or your husband and fed up with it. No, no. I'm talking about where you've let the marriage become, maybe. Maybe you need to break into a new level of honeymoon. Amen. 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 So it says, and I keep a little thing on our bedroom door that we had <laughs> given to us at our wedding, I guess, or one of her showers or something. It just says, honeymoon in progress. Amen. So we got a 33-year, nearly 33-year honeymoon going. Yeah. Amen. I, yes. I, Amen. I thank you for the three Good. smiles on that. You know, I mean, you just, you, what are you talking about? I'm giving God something to work with. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes right. I'm mad. I walk in that door and I see that on the door. I said, mm-mm. <laughs> back to the honeymoon. Can't be mad. You know, but you just got to keep your faith and expectation right. up there. That's Amen. what I'm trying to say. So Amen. if you want to, if you want to get it, I got to give them to you fast. Okay, and then, then I'll try to go back and preach on them. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Amen. Number one, become fed up with what's going on in your life right now. Now, if you'll make this list of these five things and, and look at it, you can actually get a victory by following these five steps, Amen. I'm going to give you... Skip a space, please. Several spaces and give me a little room to preach to you. But number two, you got to really want, really want to experience change. Amen. And I mean, circle that word, really, really want to, exchange, uh, to experience change or to be different. In other words, different from the level that you're on. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, skip space. Number three, stop giving in to doubts and questions. And simply believe God. A lot of Christians never get there. Stop giving in to doubts and questions and simply believe God. These are important steps. Simply believe God. Number four, you'd think you wouldn't need to say it, but yet this is this is so key that a lot of Christians miss it, but it's yet it's key. You won't get it any other way. Number four, so important, is this take your faith straight out of the Bible. Not from somebody's experience, That's in other words, right. but take your faith straight out of the Bible. Amen. You know, I mean, we ought to be just plain monotonous of just saying, "But God said." That's right. Yeah, but you know, the boss said, and this, yeah, yeah, but you come back, yeah, but the, but God said. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's But you know, our boss. But I'm not working for our boss. That's good. I'm working for Jesus. He's wanting me to help the boss. I'm just trying to help the boss. I'm working for Jesus. Take your faith straight out of the Bible. And number five, in case I don't get to preach all these two, you'll have them. Number five is go after it then, what your new goal is. Go after it with everything you've got.
1: Amen. And add
0: that to it. Be strong and determined. Now, those seem like elementary things, but you'd be surprised if you really analyzed yourself if you're not doing them. You know, I've got other thoughts in my mind. Other things enter in, choke the words. You know, that kind of thing. Let's deal with number one for just a minute and I'll hit some scriptures really fast, is number one, it says be fed up. Just be fed up with where enough. In other words, get to the place that enough is enough. Right. I've, I've sat here with a little payday long enough. Yeah. I mean. I've sat here with a little excelling in my area or whatever your field or sport or, or business or whatever it may be or marriage or whatever you're doing. You know, I've just been there long enough on this level. Time to go. Remember when the children of Israel had walked around the mountain for 40 years and camped around Sinai for 40 years? You got to Deuteronomy chapter 1. I was reading that not many weeks ago. And uh, Deuteronomy 1, Moses said that to him. He said, you've been around this mountain long enough. Long enough. Now it's time to go to the promised land. Been around it long enough. Enough is enough. Say that with me. Enough is enough. Now let me tell you, this is important to what we read earlier. And I'm going to ask you to turn back to 1 Peter 5. I don't guess you're there. You're in in Corinthians. 1 Peter chapter 5. Right quick. Where we started out. You see where he says, be sober, be vigilant in verse 8? Because yes. you have to the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let me tell you how he gets in. Let me tell you what he's looking for. It's told us plainly in verse 7 what door he's looking for. He says, cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant to do this. The point I'm trying to make to you, and we'll reread that if we need to. But if you are a person that holds cares, worries... Anxieties about wow. how things are going to turn out; wow. those cares you carry is Satan's open door. Wow. The way Satan gets advantage and is able to devour you is because you're carrying cares. Wow. He said, "If you'll cast all your cares over on the Lord, not give him that care anymore. Now, don't take the care. In other words, give it to the. Don't give the devil that what I meant. But just say, I'm not going to. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. Wow. Let, let me tell you what I mean. I, I heard a story the other day. This will bless you." There was a mother, this is several years ago, but she was telling this testimony. She had a son that was about 17 years old, 16 and a half, I think, at the time. And um, she and her husband had raised this son out of church. Neither one of them were saved. They didn't have, God wasn't in their home. And by the time he was 16 and a half years old, he did what he wanted to do. And he was out in the world, and he wouldn't come home until 3 o'clock in the morning. The mother was getting worried about him. Well, the mother got saved, and uh, she'd been saved just a short time. Well, she was trying to preach at him to get him into it, you know. And the more she preached, the harder he went to the world. She said, you know, said it just seemed like he got worse. And it was just, you know, so I was worried every night that I'm going to get a call in the middle of the night. Just lay there in the bed all oh, night long. Worried I'm going to call. He's in jail. He's incarcerated. He's, he's dead. You know, a car wreck, whatever. You know, she said, I just worried all the time about it. And when he would come in, she'd be there to just hammer him down with it. And she said she talked to a minister, which was by the name of Kenneth E. Hagen, Brother Hagin. This back now. We're talking about way back and uh, she said, uh, Brother Hagin, I want you to make me a promise. He said, what's that? He said, I want you to promise me that you'll pray every day for what I'm going to ask you. He said, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> well, why not? He said, well, first of all, I don't know what it is. Secondly, I'm liable to forget it. I think that's the dumbest thing people do when they try to get somebody else to pray every day for them. Pray every day about this. No, you're going to have to win your own Bible. That's
1: right. Amen. Yeah,
0: you your friends, your pastor won't think about it like you would. Well, anyway, he said, no, I won't do it. What is it? And she said, well, it's my son and told the story I just told you about her son and said, no, I'm not going to pray one. Prayer. In fact, he said, I'm not going to pray one prayer for your son. In fact, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. I'm going to tell you. Said, I bet when he comes home every night, you're just a and wait for him, aren't you? She said, I am. She said, it ain't his fault. Said, you raised him out of church and that's where he's at now. Yeah. And said, now you're trying to get things right, but he don't know what that means. He's out there in the world doing what he does. Turn that care of him over to the Lord and don't preach another thing to him. Wow. Don't say another thing to him. Yes. Yes. What? And you say, well, Brother James, I've got to tell him something. What Brother Hagen was trying to tell her, you're killing him with your, or keeping him in bondage with your worry. Wow. Yeah. What you do is you go to bed every night and say, Lord, I ain't going to worry about him. I'm not going to expect a wrong phone call. I'm not even going to make an effort to be one way or the other. It's your problem. Yeah. I'm not going to do a thing about it. And don't preach another thing to him. So she said she didn't. Said he came in. Now she'd always be trying to get him to go to church with her. He'd never do it. Said he came in after about a uh, week of that where mama didn't pray for him, didn't preach at him, didn't do anything. She just And when the care came on her, she'd just say, Lord, that's sure yours. I'm not going to worry. And she'd go sound asleep. Said he came in one Saturday night or in the early hours of the morning, you know, Sunday morning, four o'clock in the morning. And said she got up to cook breakfast, get herself ready to go to church. And while she's getting ready, said he jumped up and said, Mama, I think I'll go to church with you. She said, No. I don't think you ought to do that. He said, what? She said, I don't think you need to do that. So I well, was up at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, you need to go home and rest. I mean, stay home and rest. You need to get in bed and not go. No, I'm going to go with you. No, she said, I don't think you need to. He said, well, I'm going. And he went to church with her. First time ever. Said the next Sunday morning, same thing. Came in about 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. Came in, smelled breakfast, got up. Said, Mom, I'm going to go to church with you. She said, ain't no use in you doing that. You was up, you need your rest. No, I'm going to church with you. Went that day, went back Sunday night, gave his life to Jesus and got spirit filled. And mama said after a month or two, she said, I think the boy's called a priest." That's all he's doing. He's so fired up for God. What happened was, what happened was when she turned that, see the devil was devouring as long as she carried the care. The moment she got rid of the care, Satan couldn't get into him. No, no. Satan couldn't touch him. So whatever worries and cares you're carrying, what you're worried about is giving the devil total access. You want to shut him out? Don't worry, brother. Brother Copeland said one time, "This yeah. will make sense to you." Brother Copeland said one time, said, um, said to the Lord, "said Lord, I want to hurt the devil. I want to hurt him really bad. How can I hurt him?" And the Lord said, "Now listen to this. The Lord said, Kenneth, you can hurt the devil the same way you've been hurting me." He said, "How's that?" said, "Don't do a thing I say. Don't do a thing he says." Oh, Lord, I didn't realize I was doing that. Are you all getting this? Well, yes, so man. she said, all right, I'm going to do that. So, so she began to, you know, Brother Copeland began to use his faith and said, I'm not going to, I'm going anytime the devil says something, I'm not going to obey him a bit. And when God says it, I'm going to start obeying. Oh, yes, well, see, man. that's getting your cares turned around. I wish we had time to talk about that. Right quickly. I'm going I'm to move on. Do I still have a few minutes? Yeah, yes, just a few minutes yes, with man. you. All right. So just get to that place that you're fed up with it and cast that curtain. He'll exalt you in due time. That's a good one. I wish we had more time to get. On. I'll show you scripture. Look at. Um, I tell you what. Do it on the screen with me. Look, look at Genesis. Well, look at this one real quick. Genesis 20, 40.
1: Look
0: at Genesis twenty seven. Look at verse forty. Now this is where I ain't got time to give you all the details about it. But this is where Jacob had stolen Esau's blessing. Remember that. And then Esau comes in. He wants to get blessed from his daddy too. Isaac bless him and. Isaac said, oh boy, I didn't realize it, but I already gave your brother You blessing. Yeah. And Esau was like, daddy, don't you have one blessing more? Just give me one more blessing. Well, the daddy began to say some things and it wasn't all good. I mean, you know, you're going to have to fight for your life. But there was something here that's interesting in this 40th verse. And I want you to underline it. Twenty-seven forty. He prophesied to Esau, said, by the sword shall you live and shall serve your brother. But look at this phrase. It shall come to pass when you shall have the dominion that you shall break his yoke from off your neck. In other words, you're going to live in servitude to your brother until you're tired of it. Amen. Amen. Look now, y'all didn't hear it. I want you to read it again. Look at this. He's uh, he's prophesying to Esau. He said, by the sword you shall live and shall serve your brother, because he's got the blessing now, and it shall come to pass... When you shall have the dominion, you shall break his yoke from off your neck. Wow. Wow. Now, King James will blind. Please look up on the screen. Look on the screen at this. NIV says, but when you grow restless, you'll throw his yoke from off your neck. When you get tired of your brother dominating, it's when you'll finally get out of it. Wow. Better translation. Look at this. NLT. When you decide to break free. I'm telling you, you've got to decide to break free this morning. When you decide to break free, you'll shake His yoke from your neck. Look at the message. It says, but when you can't take it anymore, you'll break and loose, run and free. Break loose and run free. I'm going to prophesy to give God something to work with today. I I believe there's some folks in this room today that are just going to say, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) We, uh, we we uh, we had a little we had a little sewage problem at our house the other day, a little plumbing problem. And Joel, I wasn't able to say it's just a thing, chicken wing. <laughs> it was more than a thing. <laughs> oh, it was bad. And this one pot just blew out everywhere, you know, and this is then downstairs in the basement. And uh, Susan said, why did it do that? I said, Well, it's sort of like Popeye. It takes all it can take and it can't take no more. <laughs> That's all it can taste. You've got to get that way where your faith is concerned. I ain't taking what the devil's been doing. I ain't taking this no more. I'm tired. Of Look at this. He said, when, when you just can't take it anymore. When you've had enough. One more translation. Look at the easy to read version. It says, When you fight to be free. I'm asking you to fight to be free today. If you're waiting on it to come on you, forget it. But if you fight to be free, you'll break away from His control. And that's the way we are today, breaking out. Number two, right, you've got it already written down, really want to change in your life. Hunger and thirst for it. Just got a hunger and thirst for it. Really want it. That's why I had you circle that. Look up on the screen, Psalm 107, verse 9. Look on the screen, please. Psalm 107, verse 9. It says, He satisfies the longing soul, and He fills the hungry soul with goodness. So I underline those two words, longing and hungry. If you're just wishing something would come and change, forget it. But if you're longing for it, hungry for it, really hungry, desperate for it. In fact, one translation, the message says, look here, it says, in your desperate condition, you called out to God. That's when God was able to give you. How desperate are you for what you want to happen in your life? You must, you must really want it. Number three, stop giving in to doubts and questions and just start believing God. This is what I want to tell you about Abraham. I'm going to hurry now because time really. In, on the screen, please. In Romans 4.18, when Abraham was believing for a son, you know, his body's dead with age, his wife's womb's dead, they don't have any possibility. It says in the King James, against hope he believed in hope. That's what I want you, to, that he'd become the father of many nations. But look at that part I underlined. Against hope he believed in hope. What does that mean? Well, in these other translations that will bring it out, CEV says, when it all seemed hopeless, Abraham still had faith in God. In other words, when normal people would just give up, Abraham wouldn't. He just said, I'm going to believe God for it anyway. Message put it like this. Read this whole thing with me. Look at this. It says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. I love that. He just believed yes. anyway. Woo. Deciding to live, not on the basis of what he saw that he couldn't do, but on what on what God said that he would do. Amen. Wow. <laughs> that gets me excited. Wow. What if you now you know the big key in that? Look, look on here, I'll try to point to it if I can if I can make this thing work. To wow. live. Right there, to live. He decided to live. Yeah. Not one way, but another. That's right. Not Amen. on the basis of what he saw wasn't going to happen, yeah. but wow. on the basis of what God said that he would do for him. Yeah. Wow. Decide you're just going to live by what God promised. That's right. Amen. Just Amen. do it anyway. Amen. Just believe God anyway. We did that with our house when we believed in God for that house and, and a house. And, and I, I, mean, I don't have time to tell you the story today, but I mean, we just believed God and it wasn't going to happen. and, and it, But I mean, we just wouldn't let go. I remember the day Susan and I just agreed in prayer. I said, "Lord, let the owner of the house we were trying to buy, and, and there were other people involved, and and uh, this was in 2002, and she was pregnant with little James, and so that's y'all know him. He's 17, so that's been 17. This, in fact, this year, October, this month, I guess October's been yeah. 17 years when the house came through. But we were earlier that year so too. Anyway, and we just believed in God, and I mean, this thing just wouldn't work. Forget it. The money just got you know lopsided where I I couldn't handle it." And uh, I wasn't going to have a house payment eating my lunch every month. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want one that I couldn't do anything. And, uh, and I believe, you know, of course, I believe we can all be debt free. But, I mean, that's just where I was in 17 years ago. And, uh, and Susan, being pregnant, you know, I mean, pregnant women nest. You know, they've they got to get everything ready. And we would already had one little girl. We had three daughters, and one girl was living in the, uh, her bedroom was the living room. And so we'd already, yeah, it was Kristen in there at that time. I think you'd been there. But anyway, so anyway, they played musical rooms for a while. Our house was full, and we didn't have any room for this boy to come. And uh, I wasn't willing to adopt him out. And uh, so we were believing God, and, and the deal didn't go through. And, and, uh, and I just, I, I had to cut it off. I mean, it, on their part, it was good. But on my part, it wasn't. The money was just too hard. I said, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do it. And so I, I, I closed it with the real estate Lady on the phone, I said, "That's it. You know, we're just not going to go anymore." I appreciate everybody. Thank everybody for what they did, but everybody tried to work with it, but it just didn't work. And I hung up the phone. And Susan in the office, and Susan was standing there behind me, and she started crying. And not because she's not a woman of faith; she's strong faith. Yeah. But she was nesting, and she was a month away or less from yeah. having that baby. And the room we were already building in our minds yeah. wasn't available. It wasn't going to happen. And I said, "Susan, don't give up." I said, "And this is the term God told me to say to Susan." I said, "You've heard this. All of you have." I said. Don't say it's over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. She said, what do you mean? I said, let's just agree right now that if God can still get us in this house and wants us in it, that he'll wake the man up, the one that was trying to get the deal worked out and it couldn't work. I said that God will wake up the man in the middle of the night and give him a plan that will work not just for us, but it will work for him too. I don't, I don't want to get a good deal and then at the end of everything, him like, why did I do that? You know. I, I want him to be happy, us to be happy. I want everybody to get the right deal. And so we took hands and agreed, and the next, that was Tuesday afternoon. And the next morning, Wednesday, we were on the way to Birmingham to a baby doctor appointment, you know, a month away from birth. And, and we were on the way, and my cell phone rang. Now, I would closed the deal. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, we ended the deal. And, uh, but we kept it going with our faith. Yes. And my cell phone rang on Argo Hill, going up just across River Bridge, going up Argo Hill. My cell phone rang. And I said, Susan, that's the real estate girl. She said, what is it? I said, it's what we prayed last night, I'll guarantee you. I put that phone and I said, I said, Becky. And she said, Brother James. Now, she didn't know what we prayed. You understand? Know yeah, she wasn't with me. That was on the phone. She wasn't with me. She said, Brother James. I said, yes, ma'am. What you got? She said, don't say it's over till it's over. I said, what do you mean? She said, he said, the man said that God woke him up in the middle of the night last night. And gave him a plan, and if it works with you and your accountant, it works with him and his accountant, and we're going to go with it. And i just tell y'all the gist of it, what it was, the plan that God told him to do was for his corporation to pay me $50,000 a year for six years, $300,000 up front at closing, to be a chaplain in his corporation. I went down to his office. I said, what you're asking me to do, I'll do for free. I said, I pray. I, he said, God told me you'd say that, and God told me to tell you that He's the one behind this deal, and you take this deal. I'm paying you. Here's three hundred thousand dollars. I said, I'm buying a house. <laughs> well, God did it for us, but you gotta you gotta outlast the devil, because the devil will see which one of you give up for first. You gotta hold on to your faith. Let, let me show you why. Look, look real quickly. Here's number four. Ready? You got it. Take your faith straight out of the Bible. The person of faith is a person of the Word. You better believe that. Write that down. The person of faith is always a person of the Word. The person of the Word is a person of power. And I'm going to show you some scriptures just real quick. I know time's gone, y'all. But look at Hebrews 4, on the screen, Hebrews 4.12. Look up here real quick. It says the Word of God is alive and powerful. When you're working with the scripture, you've got a living entity in your hand. When you've got a chapter and a verse that God promised you something, you're holding God in your hand to work with you. The Word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's not just a written book. It's God in it. Jeremiah one twelve on the screen, please. Jeremiah one twelve says, The Lord said, I will hasten my word to perform it. Literally means I'll run quickly to my word to perform it in your life. Amen. Amplified Classic says, I'm alert, God says, I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. And the CEV says, The Lord replied, I'm always going to rise early to keep a promise. Oh, God says, I'll always get up early to keep a promise. Yeah. Boy, if you'll stand on a promise, you've got me in the, in the palm of your hand. Amen. Isaiah fifty five eleven. just jot it down. Isaiah fifty five eleven says the word won't return void. That's right. Keep yeah. the word. And here's why. Look on the screen, Numbers 23, 19. Because the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. That's right. He's not the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? That's right. okay. If you've got a promise, you've got God behind it. That's right. Easy to read version here says, if God's, now this is powerful. Look at this before we close. If he says he'll do something, then he'll do it. If he makes a promise, then he'll do what he promised. Right. All you need is a chapter and verse. So get your faith straight out of the scriptures. And the last one, go after it with all you've got. Things like this. Look, look at the screen. Luke 13 says, strive. Remember, it, strive to enter in the gate. Look at Ecclesiastes 9, 10. I'm doing these fast. Well, I hope you will jotting down quickly. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it half-heartedly. No. What does it say? With all your might. That's right. Amen. One, one translation says, do it with great enthusiasm. Look, Galatians 6 9 says you'll reap if you don't give up. Praise That's God. what I was telling you while ago. go. Don't give up. Just be just be stronger than That's the right. devil. Amen. I gotta give you this one phrase and then you can you can we'll go home if you want to. This is just powerful. What I'm trying to get across to you is when you get into a faith project like that, it seems like you're in a boxing match somewhere at times. Okay. Yeah. Write this down, but just keep answering the bell. The one who wins is the one who keeps answering the bell. And that's why Paul said we might get knocked down, but we don't get knocked out. Right, and I gave you this scripture through two weeks ago, because when I fall, Micah says, I shall arise. That's right, Proverbs, Solomon says, the righteous man falls seven times and gets up again. Yeah. So in other words, every time you get knocked down, in back, don't say, well, it's it over? No, it ain't over. I'm getting back up. Yes. Now, what's beautiful about it is our God is our father and umpire. Referee, excuse me. Referee, in this case, in a boxing. I'm in a boxing ring right now. If y'all are with me, he's our he's the referee, and uh, he'll give us eight and a half count if we need it.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: Got one person got that. He'll give you the nine count. Just how long do see? How long do we play baseball? Do we play seven inning games? No, we play till we win.
1: That's right. Amen. The
0: Amen. devil says, "Come on, I'm gonna beat you in seven innings." I, uh, wait a minute. Now, I grew up in West Jasper. Let <laughs> me tell you how long the game went. It went as long as the guy that owned the ball and the bat stayed. Yeah. Cause whoever took the ball and bat, then it's over. Three innings is over if he's yeah. gone home. But in my yard, my daddy, my daddy had the bat and he had the ball and he brought it out there for us. And as long as we wanted to, we played. How long till we win? Yeah. Make up your mind. You're going to start a project of faith, yes. advance yes. in a victory, yes. and play till you win. Oh, and don't yes, give up. In Jesus' name, somebody say "Amen" to that. Play to you amen. end. Don't be lazy. Just go. Let Jesus come and find you. He's, he's got miracles for you and let Him find you and when He finds you, let Him find you full of amen. faith. Amen. Did you get anything out of that today? Yes, Stand up to your feet and stay this with me. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus. In Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who, Christ who strengthens me. He's made me the head amen. and not he's the tail. Not he's the put man. me always at the top And never at the bottom. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Jesus' name. Now look around at two people and say, I'm a winner. And look at another one and say, I'm a winner in Jesus. I am a winner. Praise God. Let's pray over our tithes and offerings right quick while you're getting ready to do that. Ushers, if you'll make envelopes available, if anybody needs them.